Mark, get set. We're riding on the internet, cyberspace set free. Hello, virtual reality. Interactive appetite, searching for a website, a window to the world, got to get online. Take a spin, now you're in with the techno set, you're going surfing on the internet. So that internet, huh? Yeah, how, how about them internets? How about them internets? Kind of a... I don't know what we'd do right now if we didn't have those internets. Oh god, I don't even want to think about that. Hi, welcome to the Queer Horror Cult. We are talking about being terminally online because that just feels very relatable in this cultural moment. I'm Lori. I'm Aria. And yeah, if... The whole coronavirus, social distancing, self-isolation thing has proven anything. One of the big ones, I think, is that uh, internet should be a utility Mm -hmm. rather than how it is in Canada where it's owned by one of the the big... Big three. The big three. Yes, um, I know this because you've had me listening to your your leftist brainwashing podcasts. <laughs> well, we paint I, I, I tabletop used, figures. I used to be a centrist until... Yeah, years ago, maybe. No, I was never a centrist. Maybe. I, th- I think the worst my centrism was, was, I'm sure we should listen to everyone's point. <laughs> <laughs> everyone's valid. And it's just like... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but... The internet, being online all the time, uh, I know that that's kind of been my days, uh, because if we're not watching a movie for this podcast, I'm pretty much listening to a podcast, which I download online, mm-hmm. or I'm browsing Twitter, or, you know, I'm staying apprised of the situation. Like, I don't go to cable news to mm-hmm. get my uh, updates on coronavirus. I go to twitter.com, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's where I that's where I go to. It's my preferred place to um, kill my last brain cells. So internet horror, <laughs> internet horror, kind of like really started to, to. It's still a bit of a niche subgenre, with only a handful of movies every year or two coming out. But it sort of really hit at the start of the two thousand, like post Y two K. I'd actually be interested if there's any Y2K-themed horror movies that Mm. came out before, you know, when the Y2K bug was, like, on everyone's mind. Yeah. I think of that Simpsons Treehouse of Horror episode where the Y2K bug is making everything go all maximum overdrive, and it's just like, there's computer chips and everything, and Y2K is causing them to go homicidal. Of course. Um, Because that's what everyone was afraid would happen. Exactly. Well, you know, in typical Simpsons, let's run with it into Mm -hmm. the brick wall. That's what they went with. Mm Mm-hmm. When, for you, would you say internet really kind of entered your life as a daily utility? Because I've lived both, like, with memories in childhood growing up, sort of pre-internet, and uh, 
post-internet uh, or during the internet in media res of what the internet is. <laughs> and uh, when I say pre-internet, I don't mean like before the very idea in existence, but I mean before the proliferation where everyone had it in their homes, everyone had it on their smartphone kind of thing. Right. Like uh, we didn't get internet until the late, the latter half of the 90s. And I, I would have just been like preteens maybe when we first hit the internet okay my house like just barely like just hitting my teenage years i i remember the internet becoming more of like a daily thing i was it would have been in third or fourth grade okay i remember it was after we moved which was somewhere before i started grade three because i remember being online at my family's current house right um, I don't remember if we had internet at the old house. I wouldn't be surprised if we did because my dad's a big old computer nerd. Like he would, he would build computers for fun in his spare time kind of thing. Yeah. He seems like the type who maybe would have been an early like a, adopter. Yeah, yeah. I could, I could see that very easily. Like I, I would, and I mean, I remember like using computers probably as young as five. Like I would play computer games. I had all my, C- oh, I probably still have okay. all my CD-ROMs somewhere in a box right. or something, but playing like, um, what were they called? Super Seeker or something? They were like, some of them were educational. Right. Some of them were just like storybook kind of games, like games and scare quotes. But I remember, um, yeah, being like being online a bit, sort of grade three, grade four. Um, my friend got me into Neopets. Oh, of course. Gra- yeah, probably third or fourth, pro- probably closer to fourth grade, I think. Would that have been pre or post 2000? That would have been post. Okay. Yeah, like we, like early 2001, 2002 okay. kind of thing. yeah. Or, yeah, 2000, 2001. So post-2000 for sure. But just. just um, yeah. I I've, I've actually have a really funny kid on the internet story. Okay, let's hear it. Yeah, it would have been eight or nine. And it, I, it was probably summer vacation or I don't know, some kind of like I didn't have school, so I was bored. And so I was like, well, I bet I could find games or something online. And this was before like, you know, it was aware of Google or anything. Yeah. So I was like, okay. Well, why don't I try fun.com? Oh, no. That, like, it probably, you know, they'd probably have some games or, like, something fun to do. Yeah. Well, fun.com at the time was a porn site. Of course. And I had no idea what that was. So I typed this in, and then there's these photos of naked women. And so my mom (laughs) tells me that. So I, I remember finding this, but what she told me I did was I went to her and I was like, Mom, there's this lady on the computer showing me her boobies. <laughs> <laughs> and so my mom comes with me. She's like, yes, she is. Oh, that's funny. So, that's funny. Yeah. And I, I actually, so that was kind of like a running joke in my family of like, oh, you have fun.com. Ha ha. And so on my 18th birthday, I went to check if it was still a thing. And I think it, the domain just like didn't load. Aww. But that's been almost 10 years. So maybe it's a porn site again. Who knows? Yeah, I guess I'll have to knows? check. I don't want a virus. I was about to check <laughs> yeah, right now. Exactly. I don't want a virus on my computer. Um, yeah, that was my my child, my kid online story. And luckily, I guess at this point, um, porn was still largely behind paywalls. There were just like yeah. still photos of yeah. like asses and stuff. It wasn't like this like fucking gonzo shit. See everywhere. So I, I'm blessed for that. I remember my you know early 
like being kids online kind of thing since I was a bit older when that happened you know I was in my early teens mm -hmm. the kid online prank to do would be if we we're all hanging out like looking up stuff on the internet and all that stuff so I'll be like oh you got to check this site out and then type it in hit enter and then just leave the room <laughs> as goatsy loaded on computer. and that was it oh um, God. I remember someone did that once and hit print and oh, started no. printing it, and then the paper jammed in their oh, printer, no. and the person was freaking out whose printer it was. Like, they didn't want their parents to find this, yeah. you know, distended butthole in their oh. printer, so they're just ripping it out of the printer in little <laughs> chunks, just trying to get rid of the evidence. You know, it's a total dick move, but, um, yeah, I, I was very aware of those shock sites of infamy. Like, I'm uh, I, I don't think I, I, I don't think those came into my awareness until, like, late junior high, early high school. See, yeah, I was in late junior high, yeah. early high school at the time, so, yeah, um, yeah, no, uh, the internet, kind of like, it was fairly foundational in my teen years kind of mm -hmm. thing. Oh, I spent uh, my whole teen years online. And now it's so ubiquitous as adults, yeah. it's just like, the idea of it not being, like, I think they've shored up their security and their, um, infrastructure so internet out outages are fairly infrequent right. here but i remember even like as much as like 10 years ago five years ago the internet would go out it would just go out for a day kind mm -hmm. of thing and like you know if you call it's like yeah we're working on it kind of thing yeah. and i just remember then how frustrating it could be where it's like i can't go online that sucks and that was sort of like at the beginning of this huge social media boom. yeah like it's in everybody's pocket so the idea of like if the internet went down like now Mm -hmm. kind of thing like if there was like an interruption it's just like that disrupts so many things yeah it's like that would be like is yeah i feel like some people would be like is this terrorism happening am i living <laughs> through a terrorist yeah. attack it's uh it's one of those things like even stuff that you wouldn't think needs online like for example if you play video games there's so many video games that they're not online games but it's like you can't go online you can't log into this game kind right. of thing like it's just absurdity with how it like, I have expect the internet goes out and my milk automatically expires in the fridge. <laughs> yeah, kind of what, especially what if you have a Wi-Fi fridge? Yeah. Oh, God, those are things, aren't they? They are. I remember oh, I remember being in Costco, like, years ago and the service being so bad. And I was trying to, like, I think it was Costco. I don't know. Anyway, I was somewhere where like, I either didn't have service or I couldn't, it wasn't working. So I was trying to, like, I was looking for Wi-Fi networks and, so you know, there were fridges on display. And it was, like, connect to the smart fridge. And I, I was trying. I don't think it worked. Oh, my God. <laughs> Well, and then you get into this weird, like, self-surveillance mm -hmm. thing that we're all really into to various degrees. Uh, what do you mean by that? Well, like, I'm wearing a Fitbit right now, so oh, okay. it, like, it tells, it tracks my heart rate and my right. steps and my activity level and my I can't wait till the new firmware update comes out that it's just, like, you get a little, like, and you look and it says, you have committed a thought crime. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Not I'll be first long. in line. Yeah. Yeah, especially if it's implemented by the government of Alberta. You just hear your Alexa from across the room go, we have now notified the police of your malfeasance. Exactly, yeah. But yeah, you have, and we're inviting the surveillance technology to our homes, like Alexa. Yeah. Oh, listening. We don't have one of those. Constantly. Oh, I, I'd smash it. I remember I was, I was over at the neighbor's house for like, I don't know, Thanksgiving. We, we you know, do doing some kind of like holiday meal with them, and... 
then I, and so we're all sitting and eating. And then, um, at some point my neighbor goes like, Alexa. And then like, gives a command. I was like, there's been a fucking Amazon spy listening to me this whole time. And you didn't let me know. I like, oh my God. As you just grab all your mouse Why, I off the table never. and shove it down. <laughs> like, they can't know. What would Foucault say about this? <laughs> uh, so with all this stuff we've talked about with the internet, with the surveillance state, nature of it with um how dependent we are on it with the interconnectedness with mm-hmm. the social media it's no surprise that this is really infiltrated horror and we we looked at some horror movies from along the uh, decades with the earliest one we watched from 2001 and the latest one we watched from 2014 mm-hmm. and it's funny in that 13 year gap how much the role of the internet and the characters perceptions of the internet has changed yes. drastically. Oh my gosh, yes. We started out with, uh, I don't know if it's a cult movie, because I'm still trying to wrap my head around <laughs> it kind of thing, but I always see it topping lists about like the internet yeah. and like tech horror. We watched uh, Pulse from Japan 2001, and this is one of those movies that I want to like more yeah. than uh, I, I think I did kind of thing. Like I don't yes. dislike this movie at all, but it's... I feel like it really requires a strong focus to still get something more, like, it's almost like a metaphysical movie. It's not a, it's not particularly literal, which is fine and all that, but it kind of leaves you in this space where it's like, I'm not quite sure what to take from Mm -hmm. so much of it. Yes. Um, It feels like it has a really, like, concrete setup and a really concrete conclusion, like, concluding third act, but the journey there is just so ephemeral and up in the air. It's kind of weird to watch. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, oh, God, what am I going to say about this movie? And you just said it all in very eloquent words. Um, This is a flick where we get these two... I think what kind of makes it feel disjointed is there's actually two plots running side by side, like two sets of characters, and and then they they converge later on for the final act of the movie. But... In one, these people that work at this, like, rooftop greenhouse, they are supposed to get something tech-related from their friend, who they haven't really seen much lately, and uh, when they go to visit him, his place is a total mess, and he seems very despondent, and he's just like, hey, can you hold on a second? Goes into the next room and just hangs himself, Mm -hmm. kind of thing. With, like, a cable, I think. Yeah. Yeah very tech related Mm -hmm. but he has his computer rig that would have been very impressive for 2001 like i had some some gamer friends that they had their rigs and all that and uh oh god that was so interesting those days of uh gaming when a friend would like throw a land party in their basement and it's just like i need a ride because i have to bring this honking huge computer (laughs) tower and i have to bring a fucking monitor like a desk monitor and stuff over if I'm gonna participate as opposed to like we can do it on our smartphones right yeah. I mean I think the lamp party we maybe can twitch each other yeah I'm definitely not much of a computer gamer these days so I don't know if the land party has fallen out of favor or what <laughs> it's just done but, online now well it was online but you're all online in the same room that's what I mean is is you don't have to be in the same room oh that's true with twitch and all that, to, yeah, yeah like you don't have to be together physically which is funny because I feel like that almost defeats the purpose a little bit but yeah. maybe it doesn't I I don't know I'm not trying to poo poo anything yeah like, you know you do you and all that. The extent of my computer gaming is like The Sims 2, so. Yeah, and some New Vegas. That's not even computer oh, gaming. Oh, sorry, yeah. yeah. No, just, just yeah, for computer. Because, yeah, I mean, I was a big computer gamer when I was like six. Anyway, so this dude has this huge rig set up. Impulse. Um, Impulse. And they find, thank you, they find really weird, disturbing stuff on it. And like, uh, like video of people 
either killing themselves or like acting very strange like on loop like people walking sullenly through rooms there's the baghead man which is kind of like the infamous poster image of this movie Mm -hmm. and i think uh, there's someone like cutting up the wrist of it yeah yeah there's just stuff like that and what we basically get is there's ghosts on the internet the internet's haunted that internet's haunted that's the easiest way to put it the internet's fucking haunted and there's ghosts that cause people to commit suicide yeah because do you do you want to see a ghost yeah, you want to meet a ghost? Exactly. Do you like to watch? The ghosts start haunting more and more people, and people are going missing and all that stuff. And there's all these disappearances around Japan kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And presumably the rest of the world, but we see it localized to Japan in yes. this. And what I found so interesting about this movie was that the final act is almost apocalyptic mm-hmm. in the way it's done. I say almost, it's actually apocalyptic. It's true. Um but not felt, in the traditional movie sense. It felt like watching a zombie movie, but ghosts instead of zombies. And I thought that was actually a really fucking interesting way mm-hmm. to handle that. Like, that's not something I've seen in a movie. And uh, Yeah, besides Pulse, at least. Yeah. And it made it for this very sort of despondent feel. Like, I, th- I feel like the, mm-hmm. the whole atmosphere of the movie really mirrored what the characters were feeling when they would meet these ghosts online. Absolutely. Just like this hazy, dark photography that was really popular in some Japanese horror movies of the time. Which I think tracks, because I'm pretty sure the dude who was DP on this also did dark water maybe oh, okay. which has a similar kind of look and yeah. feel. It's sort of this washed out, dark and gloomy kind yeah. of look to it as opposed to to the uh hyper color of the 70s that we are seemingly returning to in our movies um i don't know what to really say too much about the themes except the idea that when it comes to the internet it really makes the internet as this other world kind of thing like there's Mm -hmm. mystery attached to it that i think during the dot-com boom was there. Yeah. This kind of thing. It was like, well, what can the web do? We were still sort of forging a new path into mm-hmm. the capabilities of the internet. And this just shows, like, what happens if you take that step too far? You butt up against things that we don't know about. Which, Other you know, dimensions see, and shit. If we're here in a 2020 looking at that, it seems, like, ludicrous that that's yeah, like, oh, how where quaint. it would go. <laughs> but I think it really captured that kind of uh, well, if anything, new frontier. Yeah, I mean, if anything, now that's what we're seeing with, like, as people are becoming aware of, like, the dark web existing, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. almost like that's what they're projecting I think projecting it's always going to be that boogeyman yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, like, oh, well, it's it's not just the web, it's the dark web. It's the deep, yeah. dark web. And then isn't there, like, a dark web that's, like, the Mariana Trench of internets that's, like, below the dark web, where it's, like... Possibly? I, I don't know like if that's I've, just... I've, I've yeah. seen that fucking pictogram going around where it compares it to an iceberg where it's like, here's the surface web and here's the, clear the dark web. web and how deep does it go? Yeah, and that and that's, I, I can't remember because I, I remember people trying to distinguish between like the deep web and the dark web and then I think I was like looking into it and they're like, okay, this is just people who have no fucking clue what they're talking about yeah, and like exactly. read too many creepypastas. Yeah. There's just the clear net and the dark net. Like, if you take your ethernet cable and dust it off and plug it into your computer and put the other end in Ted Bundy's bottle, <laughs> you'll find the darkest web. Darkest web of all. Yeah, it's, like, just uh, weird just, shit yeah. like that. But, yeah, there is there is this whole, like, new genre of, like, contemporary folklore that has come up around it with, yeah. like, the red rooms and the assassins for hire. And... and this kind of evoked the red rooms before that mm-hmm. was, like... Well, actually, you know what? I don't. I can't say before because my recommendation predates all of this, and it Fair. definitely has a red room kind of aspect but, to it. But it probably wasn't called that, and it probably and it wasn't like the quite the same. I imagine it very well could have been called that, but I, I, I suppose, don't know. yeah. 
Uh, not quite the it same. Not the idea that it's like a live people stream. on the internet. Please torture people. Tell me what to do. Yeah. Um, oh, that could have been something we could have tracked down. Uh, the movies Red Room one ah. and two. They're apparently absolutely disgusting, like extreme shock movies out of Japan. Oh yeah. shit! Okay. Well, if we ever revisit internet, I'll see if I can track a copy. Yeah. Well, because we we in internet snuff specifically because we yeah. did our snuff episode. Yeah. Where we talk a bit about that. Yeah. The whole Red Room thing. So, Pulse, I, it left me for sure, and I get the impression it left you with a sort of, like, mixed yeah, feeling at the end. Yeah, more questions um, than answers. Did you enjoy it? Or um, where kind would you of. sit with it? I, I enjoyed the concept, and I enjoyed, like, the ideas and stuff, but just the movie itself, I was kind of, it felt disjointed yeah. and kind of hard to follow. This one's by Kiyoshi Kurosawa, I believe, and... Uh, he also did this movie that I have that I really enjoy called Cure, but mm. it's similarly sort of like a thick morass of a movie to mm. try and dig into, and I think that it's sort of his way. I haven't seen any of his other flicks, but it's... Um, it's just his oeuvre. Looking at Pulse and looking at Cure, it's like, I get it. I, I, I see the similarities in sort of that weird kind of tone that it's just like I am an outsider and I'm not mm-hmm. they're not opening the doors to me kind of thing mm-hmm. so for clarification on what was going down we uh, decided to watch Pulse 2006 the US remake which is the only one of the two that I had seen before yeah, only once I had it. Yeah, probably I, close to 2006 yeah, I, saw, I was babysitting my neighbors and I watched it after they went to bed because I brought it with me okay because I watched the OG Pulse back when it was first hitting DVD here mm. and that was the only time I'd seen it and this was a new watch for you so kind of a flipperoo yeah. sort of thing it was a lot better than I was expecting. I was expecting toilet level bad because of what I had heard about right. most of these remakes of East Asian horror movies. Yeah, like, especially the Ring during the was 2000s. dope as hell, and then there was a whole slew of them off the success of The Ring. Right. And most of them, apparently, I haven't watched a ton of them because I haven't bothered, but, you know, the reviews, there's reviews that speak for the quality of these movies, mm-hmm. and I assumed Pulse was going to fall into that. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong, I don't know if I'd call this out and out a good movie. Yeah. But uh, I didn't mind spending the time watching it. Yeah. yeah it and like, we okay. found out um, Wes Craven wrote it. Yeah, that was a surprise. So yeah. that could have been so that probably part was of why, grace. Yeah. You, although, yeah, because I remember thinking, like, after watching the original Pulse, I was like, of all the movies, why did they remake this one? I mean, I, part of it was just because, like, J-horror is very in right now. To me, it's... A, it makes sense why they would pick Pulse because going For off the, the time, premise yeah. that J horror was very in right now, if they're mm. gonna remake a J horror movie, they remade something that they could actually kind of do something Make their with. Own, because it's one of those things where it's like I think it, the remake would have been a bit of a mess if they tried to go for the atmosphere of the that's, OG. That's, yeah, that, and, and I guess uh, that's kind of what I assume, because usually American remakes are just like shot by shot with bigger yeah. budget and... And a white cast. Yes. Yeah. And, uh... So, no, that's a good point, because, yeah, it is ambiguous enough that it's like, well, okay, let's take it and... Give it to Wes Craven and see what I he can do I feel like for what they're trying to achieve, the audience they're trying to capture with a remake of a J-horror sort of thing keeping that same kind of ambiguity would not fly. No. Because, you know, it's like, no, we're, we're appealing to the teen or the younger horror crowd. That's why we're probably shooting for a PG-13 rating. Right. It's one of those things where I, I couldn't see them doing the same thing and actually, 
like from that cynical commercial mm-hmm. kind of perspective. Like I, it wouldn't, it wouldn't make fly. Sense. Yeah, it would not fly with that with the target demographic. Yeah, we ultimately get the same plot in this one, but it's they kind of collapse it into we just follow the one story. Yeah, uh, like, like the one group the two, of friends, two kind set of, thing. of friends that eventually meet up. Yeah, but. It's funny, the big memorable beats from the OG Pulse are all still there, so it is a shot by shot in those respects. Like, we do mm-hmm. see the baghead dude, we do see the, the, the hanging scene, the person jumping off the communication tower, yep. and uh, the big apocalyptic ending with the plane wreck. But rather than it just feel like it's hopeless, we can try as we might, but nothing's happening kind of thing, they actually, like... In a, you know, like American trend, you'll succeed exceptionalism. <laughs> there is hope at the end of yes. Pulse because it's like, we're going to Amish country. We're going of thing. offline, baby. Yeah. And whereas um, I don't think that it was more ambiguous if they would find anything. In mm-hmm. the, uh, well, doesn't it end with the shot, like, and this, like, boat in the middle? This is the original Pulse, like, this yeah. boat in the middle of the ocean kind yep. of thing. Like, internet can't get us out here. Yeah. It's like, okay, what happens when you need to return to land? I think they said they were aiming for, like, somewhere in South America where they'd heard some news or something like that, mm. but it really is this sort of, like, we will try. Yeah, we'll try. Maybe we'll make it. I don't know. Whereas in um, the original, they have the plan that it ultimately, or I mean, in the remake, they yeah. have the plan that ultimately fizzles of, like, let's destroy the mainframe yeah. kind of thing. Um, but the ghosts are too powerful at this point that they're able to boot it back up. Exactly. Like, uh, they are the mainframe. But with that, they still have a plan B in their back pocket. Yes. That it's just like, all right, we're just going to go to these safe zones. And they have, like, radio reports. They bump into those people running. That's like, you have to go to this area where it's safe. Mm-hmm. And that felt very American to me. Yes. Like, it felt like a very American cinema kind of, like, story beat. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like if this was a Canadian movie, especially a Canadian tax shelter movie, they would have like <laughs> crashed their car and blown up on their way out. Totally. Or it's just like, at least we'll get somewhere. It's the final destination. And I think that cynicism was there in the OG Pulse mm-hmm. and completely stripped away from Pulse 2006. Yes. What were your thoughts on 2006 rewatching it? Well, I remember thinking it was kind of weird the first time I watched it and I never revisited it until now. <laughs> right. I'm trying to remember... If it, if, I mean, not that I really remember much beyond, like, oh, that was kind of odd, and I remember the odd, like, shot, or, like, oh, I remember right. this is going to happen, or something, but in the context of, like, original Pulse, yeah, I, I, I agree with that, where they, it is, it is very Americanized. Yeah. And that's really interesting to see. I mean, that's kind of what you expect with an American yes. remake, of course. Um, but in in a way that's that's like less obvious, I guess, yeah. than just the like, oh, it's a white cast with a very mm-hmm. like grim dark atmosphere because you know very, very reminiscent of like the Matrix or like Underworld or something because it's of that time. Yeah. And while they totally did the white protags and all that kind of stuff, at least there is a bit more diversity in the that's cast true. than the total whitewashing, which I found nice. Mm-hmm. Um, because uh, this was 2006, and I felt like that was before we got the very quota aspect yeah. of diversity. Like I'm not saying this movie is like a touchstone of racial mm-hmm. equity or anything like that. But it's just like, you actually tried, which felt better than so many of the movies I've seen, where it's mm-hmm. just like, let's make this as waspy as we can yeah. kind of thing. So sort of wedged between this original and remake, we looked at another movie from Hailing from Italy. Mm-hmm. This was a 2004 Italian thriller, which, you know, that's past its heyday. Mm-hmm. And it's also by Dario Argento. Of and he's people. past his heyday kind yes. of thing. I mean, in the classical, like, what is accepted as his good movies. Yeah. We watched The Card Player. And I actually... 
I was blown away is a bit strong, mm-hmm. but I was quite impressed with what yeah. we got. Of. Yeah. As a giallo, which this is, you know, him doing a contemporary giallo, it doesn't quite work. It doesn't really hold a candle to the giallo as it could be seen in the classical sense. Right. But as like a procedural crime film, I found this quite engaging. Me too. Yeah. I found it like it was a... I think you had described it and I thought exactly this. It, it was like a kind of extended episode of Criminal Minds. Yeah, if they got Dario Argento to guest direct a Criminal Minds episode, you'd have but the make card it player. feature film length. Yeah. yeah. I, I quite enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I liked I, it a I'd lot. I'd never seen this one before. Um, me either. It was recently put out by, I believe, Scorpion releasing, and um, that's that's where I finally managed to track a copy mm. and watch it because it's been completely under-released in this country. I think it was on DVD way back when, before I really knew anything about Argento other than the Suspiria guy. Right. <laughs> um, what have we got here for a premise? We have the, the police. Yeah. And um, they get an like, invitation thing online to play poker again yeah. uh, like online poker with amazing yeah. graphics against yeah. some mystery perpetrator guy yeah. who has kidnapped somebody yeah it's a british tourist i think they say yeah yeah right the first the first victim and so he's like streaming it to them like a footage of the of the victim tied up to a chair says okay we're going to play was it five games yeah. It was best three the out of best, five. Best of five. Yeah. Best of five. Yeah. So we're gonna play five five games of five games of poker. For if you win the three, I'll let the the victim go. Yeah. If but if, so for every game that I win that you lose, I'm going to maim or torture yeah. the victim. So it's very much the whole like the your her her death her pain her everything rests on you. Yeah, Poli- good police officer. The way they set it up and some of the like machinations of the killer mm-hmm. in this uh, reminded me very much of the Saw franchise, which oh, is interesting because yeah. this predates Saw. Yes, it does, and um, it kind of has that energy mm-hmm. to an extent. That's not, true. Not in like the whole like torture porn kind of yeah. way, but like I'm thinking like the first ones, like very thriller. Would you like to play a game thing? Right. It very much has that kind of. Uh, a setup and a mood to how it's presented. Yeah. Would you like to play a game? I It's like this, this invitation when really in practice it's like you don't have a choice and there are life and death stakes at hand. Yeah, because with the first person they refuse to play and the killer just offs them. Yeah. They're like, oh, time's up. Yeah. Yeah, because like, we're not doing this. We don't negotiate with hostage takers or whatever. And yeah. then they're like, oh, fuck. Yeah, the main character, the, the main cop, she wants to... Yeah, she's like, no, we have to do this. Like, we have to do anything we can to save life, but the police chief is just like, no, it's on me. If it fucks up, we're not doing it. And then, of course, it fucks up, and he's just like, boh. <laughs> yep. Until the next one happens, and then what do we yeah. do? So yeah. it's basically tracing a serial killer who's taunting police almost Zodiac killer style. Mm-hmm. Um, but in and the... Like, real time. Yeah, through through the... Uh, through the... Through the web. The, through the, the net. worldwide wow. Yeah. It's interesting because Argento, I was I was looking up stuff about how this movie came to be, and Argento was going to be like, so we got the internet, and I thought I got to make a movie about this, and it's just like, yeah, okay. Came to me when I got a computer, and I really part of the appeal of doing this movie is I thought like, oh, this is gonna have such boomer on the internet energy, <laughs> and it actually did not. No, it really to, didn't to much extent. Like, yeah. 
if there's anything that was uh, quaint about it, it was entirely the fact that it was early 2000s internet. So the mm-hmm. video poker looks very, like, dated. Very you know, 2000s like, very internet. Flash kind of thing. <laughs> and, um, Which is so charming. And uh, it has the video chat thing. I'm not sure exactly when video chat blew up, but it feels like this would have been pretty early for video chat. Actually, yeah, I guess, because of what, 2004? Yeah. When was I perpetually online on MS? I was, I was in grade six. So grade six, you are 11. So 2003, 2000. Yeah, actually, that's when I would have been like on MSN Did all summer long. Did they have video long. chat on MSN? It was absolute shit and would crash. Okay. And stuff. But yeah, my okay. friends and I would like webcam chat. Because I remember MSN Messenger. Yeah, but, that's uh, what I mean, MSN Messenger. Yeah, 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 but I mean like the text stuff. I would... Yeah, but I mean you could you could do what like, you could you could do video chat. Okay, on there. cool, cool. I yeah, and it was that. so glitchy and so slow and took forever and oh, it's all coming back to me. <laughs> yeah, because it has that kind of a a thing going too, where where the video it's probably more pristine than it would have been, but mm-hmm. it still is like very laggy. It's yeah. got a refresh rate. It's this little tiny grainy window. So it tracks. So if anything, I feel like they kind of used the tech and the time mood, moodily. Like they, they mm-hmm. did a good job. Yeah, uh, but like what was contemporary, how can we of use like it? sort scuzzy, low rent kind of feel yeah. to the killings because of how they, they shot them and mm-hmm. all that. And well, like webcam tech back then, like it would have been like a megapixel probably, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like just, it's like, well, you can see an image. Yeah. I will say that it had... It lacked the panache of classic era Argento that I love so much. And that's maybe why this one gets overlooked a lot. Because it really just feels like a a crime thriller procedural. Mm -hmm. But that could be said of his uh, earlier film, Stendhal Syndrome. Mm. Which still had a lot of that visual flair. Right. uh, Albeit in that way where it's like digital filmmaking is Mm -hmm. becoming a thing. Like uh, visual effects is just becoming a thing. So let's abuse that in a way that looks (laughs) tacky at times. But at the same time, it was an interesting, uh, they still went for that visual style, but this felt very cold and clinical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes me wonder what the reception to this one, like, if it would still be as overlooked if it didn't have Argento's name attached to it, and that history of, like, Suspiria and I've seen stuff. Some of the reviews I've seen, I, th- I think people said, like, a lot of the more accepting ones basically say it's not a good Argento movie, yeah. but it's a fine movie on its own. Yeah, song. that's, yeah. And I feel like that's kind of like doing them dirty a little bit. Yeah. Where it's like, well, the movie's still fine on its own, yeah. so... Yeah, he still came up with the, know. like, premise and everything. Like, yeah. But yeah, if you, if you think of Argento as, like, the beautiful colors, the yeah. convoluted plots, the, like, all this stuff, then it's like, okay, yeah, if yeah. that's what... Like, if that is an Argento don't movie. Don't double feature this with Deep Red and expect no. you're going to have an even keel kind of thing. But, uh, like... But double said, feature it with, like, I don't know, The Exorcism Emily Rose or something. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Oh, procedural shit. This one kind of brings up the idea of you don't know who you're going to meet online. Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. Like there's that anonymity where the killer is able to hide because they are using the internet as a front so they can... That's it's true. just like the new version of Zodiac mailing the anonymous letters to the police. Mm-hmm. And we see... But now it's a, it, 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 anonymous IM. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we see the the... The cops trying to trace it. Yes. And they, at first they can't do it because their computers aren't good enough. So it's like, we need to upgrade our equipment. And, you know, they come back with better laptops and stuff and mm-hmm. start tracing the uh, location. And it's it's kind of interesting because I'm sure there's ways to obviously get around that. But it's ostensibly they receive an email that invites them. And today it feels like that would be 
five seconds online to be like, <laughs> I know exactly who this dude is. Yeah, I know what they ate for breakfast. That's so true. The way the surveillance apparatus yeah. has been set up, yeah. Yeah, but... Especially I, in terms of state control. And but police. I assume that, you know, like, it has been set up for a good 16 years yes. since this movie. Exactly. And I feel like the leaps in logic aren't particularly huge in this. Mm -hmm. Like, I have made much huger leaps in logic in classic Jolly that yes. I would throw as, like, stalwarts of the genre. Yeah, so yeah, it's part of the genre. that's part of the charm. <laughs> that's part of the charm. Exactly. Yeah. And so this is this doesn't have that, but that yeah. doesn't make it a not good movie. If anything, yeah. it makes it more coherent and more, like, kind of set in reality. Yeah. This does deliver uh, the red herrings in a more subtle way. There's mm -hmm. not many, but there are a couple, and it does have the twists of a giallo, but it just kind of feels subdued compared to the ridiculousness. So I think it was trying to bring the giallo into the contemporary yeah, space. Yeah, the 21st century. Which is what a good giallo does. Uh, I know from listening to Fragments of Fear podcast, one I, I really enjoy, they've talked about how you know, the early era Jolly, the classic period and the late Jolly all have their of their time. Mm -hmm. So like we always, especially the classic era, we always think it's got to be this sort of like mod 70s yeah. kind of model high fashion thing. And it's like, that was just capturing that particular time sort of thing. So if you look at a late era Jolly, like uh, I think um, Fulci's Murder Rock is very 80s kind of mm. thing like it's so 80s it's got the spandex and the hair and everything but it's capturing the time mm -hmm. and that's what card players doing yeah exactly yeah. and i mean look at look at the proliferation of crime t like criminal minds csi exactly. all these crime tv shows that did this yeah. in 45 or so minute bites like yeah it, it fits it into that very much so captured much. the time and those blew up around the same time exactly as this movie yeah yeah so that is extremely yeah. contemporary yeah so Card Player gets a recommendation from me. Me too. Like I said, just don't go in expecting top tier Argento or don't go in thinking this is Argento so it has to fit a certain way. It has to be a, like a movie made in the 70s. Yeah, because it, it's not. It's not. And uh, I think if you just like, what's he up to now? Like maybe if you watch his later stuff that are considered absolute bombs in comparison, some of which I haven't seen yet. Keyword, yeah, I can't speak to yet, this. Um, <laughs> this probably looked like a masterclass. True. True. Like, going off what I've heard about Dracula 3D, which I am so excited to watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the card player. And, mm -hmm. uh, cool. So what do we have last up? Last on deck. Last on deck. We fast forward to the 2010s. Yeah. To 2014 specifically. And once the internet is more, and social media and everything is more firmly planted. Yeah. We are, into our lives, we are pretty perpetually plugged in mm -hmm. and we watched open windows yes i really wanted to watch this one because it's a specter vision joint mm -hmm. and this one actually has elijah wood in it yeah but it also has sasha gray in it mm -hmm. which i think is dope as hell i was expecting horror thriller not action thriller yeah yeah me so, too i don't know if this is in the um, true spirit of what we were setting out to do with this episode necessarily. Yeah. But I mean, you know, true. us here at Queer Horror Cult, we're not traditionalists. We don't let things like genre bog us Hold down. us back, yeah. box us in. Huh. If we can do a Christmas special on the movie Carol, we can include <laughs> open windows on our internet. Exactly. Horror. We went in with the best of intentions and we I still say we got some stuff yeah. out of it. It's just not what we were expecting. Nope. So what, what have we got here? What's the... Uh, so Elijah Wood is the super fan of Sasha Gray's character, 
and he's in was it Austin or something he's somewhere yeah, yeah, he's... somewhere in Texas for like their like Comic Con type yeah. event. And he so he runs a fan site and he has won a contest to meet Sasha Gray's character and have yeah. dinner with her, mm-hmm. whatever kind of thing. So he's in the hotel room, he's watching like the live stream of her interview about her latest movie coming out because she's like a movie star. And he gets a call from someone who says he is part of her, like, you know, security entourage, whatever. And is like, I'm so sorry. Like it's actually been canceled. Um, she's canceling dinner and wins over Elijah Wood's trust very quickly. And is like, Oh, well here, do do this on like, you see this pop up on your computer. Cause it's taking place like on. Yeah. The whole thing is we're watching the computer feed. Yeah. So it's kind of like unfriended and stuff where it's like, you're watching it almost like through a webcam for a lot of it. It's not like a static computer feed. Like the movie will cut, will like pan across the screen and like zoom into windows. So like Mm -hmm. there's a car chase later where we're actually watching the car chase from the camera that's set up in the car. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty cool and like dynamic what they do with that and how they manage to make it work really like without being like obtrusive. Yeah. You're just kind of like, whoa, this is happening. And then it's like, oh, that's what they did. Yeah, yeah, it's not that like, oh my God, I'm watching this through a computer and they're yeah. really trying to do this and it sucks. Which it feels like that's a bit more what they did with Unfriended, but they, I feel like they actually did a good job with that yep. one. But yep. No, anyway. They, they do some interesting Or the stuff. Dark Web. I haven't seen Unfriended. I've seen Unfriended the Dark that, Web. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's what I should specify too. Same here. And so very quickly, um, Elijah Wood's character is getting implicated in, it's like, Oh, look, we just hacked into her phone. Oh, look, we just hacked into this. Oh, we're doing this. Now I need you to do this. And very quickly he finds himself wound up in some criminal shit. Yep. With this hacker who he mm-hmm. only knows as, what's his name? Uh, it's some, like, generic, I don't know. I can like, plug or cord. Cord? Cord, is that it? Yeah, cord. Cord, Yeah. Whose face he doesn't see, but whose voice he knows. And he mm-hmm. is having to follow these directions. Otherwise, Cord has, you know, taken screen footage of him yeah. implicated in, like, well, you were here at this time and blah, blah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So do my bidding or I'm going to blackmail you. Yeah. Kind and of on thing. top of that, he gets intercepted by those French hackers. Yeah, that was so funny. And they're, funny. like, some, like, anonymous-style group mm-hmm. kind of thing. It's, uh... And they, and they think Elijah Wood's a hacker, and he's just like, yeah... Yeah. Okay. It's 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 a very convoluted plot. Nevada. Like, like it just keeps it pi- piles itself. it on. It's like an Aerobarus of going up its own ass. Kind of like. <laughs> um, that sounds mean, but I don't mean it as like a full blown like that's why it sucks. No, no, it's uh, it's, it's engaging. Like, yeah, sure. it's just like, ooh, this is a wild ride. Yeah. Yeah, and um, so then so the cord uses Elijah Wood for what he needs him for, and then he's kind of like leaves him in the mess of what he's helped rot so then elijah wood's like oh i gotta save sasha gray and i'm gonna use these french guys to help me and then find out like yeah it just gets more convoluted and stuff but it's it's engaging it's like there's definitely like it's a wild ride yeah it's fun but yeah it's it's there's there's a lot that happens yeah and I don't want to give too much away. So. No, this is one where I, I want to tread lightly on where yeah. it goes because it goes so many places. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you feel about this one in terms of internet? So, like, what kind of horrors does this evoke as mm. far as what the internet's capable of in the uh, year of our Lord 2014? Yeah. Definitely a lot in terms of privacy, both 
for your own personal computer, but then like your cell phone when they hack into her into Sasha Gray's phone yeah. and they're like watching her through the camera and listening to her phone calls and all that stuff. It's like none. That's no, all so connected that nothing is safe. Nothing yeah. is sacred. It's kind of like uh, that surveillance state you were talking yeah. about at the top of the episode. Um, it makes me, it, it's almost like this is the movie version of, you know, when you load up Instagram and like you were talking about like, oh, I need to get a new pair of shoes. And then you see an ad. A targeted shoes. ad. Yeah. You, it's like, who's on the other end that figured this out? Yeah. Who's the, who is the FBI agent inside my phone? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> inside my webcam. Yeah. And just this, like, there's all, there could, that, that fear of like, there could always be somebody listening. There could always be somebody pulling strings on the other end without you even realizing or being aware of it. And what kind of th- things am I doing out of context that could be taken and potentially be like incriminating in some right. way, right, whether totally. that is something that I say or something that I do when a camera happens to be pointed at me that yeah. I don't even realize is on mm-hmm. or yeah, just at the end, and how could that be used against you? Like, at the point where you have, um, you know, Sasha Gray is essentially being forced to, like, do, like, a striptease type thing right. on on camera, on the webcam, yeah. and then that's taken and put up on the web as, like, oh, this is going to be her, like, expose, look at her yeah. naked, like, and just, yeah, the cuts of where she's trying to appease the kidnap, because, you know, at this point she's, she um, her manager or whoever is being tortured, tortured yeah. and she can see it on the screen. And so she's trying to appease the kidnapper, being like, I'll, I'll do whatever you want. Yeah. And of course, then that's taken out of context. It makes it look like she's flirting with whoever's, you know, she, she like it's some like AR porn or something yeah, where, yeah, yeah. where she's like, I'll do whatever you want. And she's like opening yeah. her robe. Like it, it's just taken out of context, right? Yeah. And I like how as ugh, you did that, you opened your robe my to own reveal robe. your David Cronenberg yes, tank top. My, my ladybug robe. Your ladybug robe to reveal along with the new flesh. Up. That when we were at um, London Gatwick Airport in 2018, <laughs> <laughs> the guy, uh, uh, the security guys, bless him, he's like, "What this? Oh, he's like, oh, I thought they said long live the Welsh, and I was like, what? He's like, nothing wrong with the Welsh. Like, I'm not against them, but I was really confused, and I was like, yeah, especially with the image, I would be. Cavity colors, long, long live the, the Welsh. Welsh. Fuck." Oh, shit. But yeah, the, the 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 layers that come into this one and is new elements of the plot are revealed. This is definitely one of those movies where it's like, you know, you think, oh, you've played right into his hand, but then you're playing right into his hand, and, and it's then like this random guy shows up and you're playing into, into his, both his hands. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's like this it's like five dimensional chess. Yeah, absolutely. The, yeah, it, it's it, but it works. Yeah, it does. So I felt absolutely called out by this movie. Oh. Because uh, we're watching it, and there's this part where um, Elijah Wood gets in the car, and then all of a sudden, fucking oh. Ghost Rider by Suicide comes on. I'm like, oh, hell yeah, this is a bop. And then immediately the guy's like, turn off that music, it sucks shit. Yeah, the hacker, he's like, like, it's no. dog shit music, turn it the fuck off. No. I remember it's... you were like, hey. <laughs> I was just like, I have this CD. <laughs> you were redeemed, though. Yes, I was. Um, so yeah, there's a dope soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's Open Windows. I think it's a really interesting look at the idea that nothing is private mm-hmm. and you don't know who could be watching you. It's very paranoid in that sense. It's the cinematic equivalent of taping a piece of paper over the webcam built in your laptop kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so it continues the trend of I have yet to be disappointed by a Spectre Vision movie, which is great. But yeah, that was this week. 
We uh, took a minute, hopped off the internet on our phones, took a minute to not be terminally online, to watch movies about being terminally online. As if we weren't scrolling at some point. Yeah, of course. That's, uh, yeah, so did you enjoy this, these movies, this topic? Yeah, for the most part, I think. I, I really enjoyed seeing um, just the difference between, you know, 15 or so years of movies and how much it jumps around, both, yeah. like, the technology and also the anxieties that come with it. Right. Associated with it, you know, early 2000s of, like, maybe the internet's haunted versus, like, no, it's not haunted. There are people there, but they are menacing and scary and nothing is private or sacred. Right, right, right. Yeah. What was your highlight of the week? Um, I think I think the card player being yeah, pleasantly too. surprised me by too. that yeah. because I mean I not that I've seen many like super more contemporary I guess this century Argento movies but yeah. I have not really heard positive things about no his later fl- films so seeing this I was like what do you mean this is pretty good I liked it and like I said it reminded me of a lot of the TV shows that I you yeah. Know, Really loved in my f- most formative years, so... We'll also have to check out Sleepless soon. They, um, mm. they put that out around the same time they put this one out. Oh, cool. Um, it's a similar period, Argento, Giallo. Nice. Uh, it's got Max von Sydow in it, may he rest in peace, who you'll know as um, I, the, the priest from... Uh, the older priest from The Exorcist. Oh, okay. Yeah, and like every Ingmar Bergman movie. <laughs> like when I did the episode on Last House on the Left and all that, he was the star of Virgin Spring. Right, and that was for Gutterflix? That was for Gutterflix, yeah. It was originally a queer horror called and a Gutterflix at the same time. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, How, what was your highlight? Car player, for sure. Car player, yeah. yeah. Car player was so much fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so that's this week, and you'll probably notice that we missed last week. We didn't make an announcement about it yet, but I figured we should address it this episode. Mm-hmm. We've decided with everything's a bit chaotic right now with getting things scheduled. Like, it feels like from week to week we could easily record two to three episodes, or we can't even get one in. Like, yeah, it's, it's just so it up in the air so right now that we decided to drop this one back to a every other week schedule, which we talked about doing at the start of the year. Mm-hmm. That was originally going to be because you were so bogged, bogged up down. with your practicum and work. Yeah. Um, but actually had to do this because of the the uh, COVID situation. Mm-hmm. So through May, at least, we're going to try doing every other week, see how it goes, see if we get caught back up, uh, what our situation is. But if you do want content every week, um, I do have Gutterflix going on a every other week schedule as well. So I'm purposely going to stagger those. Yeah. So that, so on the so one week yeah week A and week C. So yeah, if you have four weeks in a month, week A and C will be queer horror, queer horror called week B and D will be Gutterflix. So every absolutely. so there will be something out every week. It's just two different yeah podcasts. And the nice thing is you'll probably be joining me for a fair bit of Gutterflix. Like, mm-hmm. I know there's a couple episodes in the in the wings that you aren't on, but um, there you'll probably be there because we're self-isolating mm-hmm. in the same house we live together. So yeah. it's, uh, you'll probably, I'll be around. you'll be watching a lot of the movies with me at least. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, you're watching a movie? Cool. This will eat two hours. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So um, you can hop on over to Gutterflix to check that out. We just recently did an episode that it was originally going to be a queer horror cult episode, but then we realized how much of it, the video nasties I was covering on Gutterflix showed up in it, so mm-hmm. we decided to switch it to that. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of a bridge episode almost um, on Bigfoot movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, watch some interesting movies that week, that's Bigfoot, for sure. Bigfoot, big fun. Yeah. So yeah... Um, this episode will go up on Wednesday. Like, if you're catching it when it's brand new, this is a Wednesday. Next week on Friday will be a gutter flicks, and the week after on Wednesday. 
The Queer Horror Cult. Queer Horror Cult, yeah. Queer Horror Cults is Wednesdays, Gutter Flicks is Fridays. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so that's a little bit of housekeeping I wanted to get out of the way. Mm-hmm. Um, before we go, we should do some recommendations. Yes, we should. Yeah. Okay, uh, I'm going to recommend an episode of the show Millennium. Mm. This actually predates any of the movies we watched. It's from 1998. It's an episode called The Mikado. And what it is, is it starts with these teens dicking around on the internet looking for porn. Of course. And uh, this one person's like, yo, I got this web address. You got to check this out. And they load it up and it's to a red room Mm. or it's like this snuff feed. And there's a number on on the wall, I believe, like painted on the wall that... um, when the amount of hits reaches right. that number, yeah. the killer executes the person that's tied to a chair in the video feed. And they tie it in with uh, the Zodiac killer legend. Like, it's like mm. their weird version of that. And so Frank Black's investigating this, and it's a very online kind of thing. Like, they need, like, high-speed computers, and they come up with these interesting little red herrings of their own to try and nice. uh, dodge out the killer. It's one of my favorite episodes of that show. Or at least of the mid-series episodes, because <laughs> that shows, like, in three acts, you got, like, the absolutely brilliant, like, psychological serial killer stuff of the first season. The second season is a weird wash of, like, that with conspiracy theories. And then the third season is just X-Files on hyperdrive conspiracy theorism kind of thing. Mm. Like, the tinfoil hats are just <laughs> everywhere. Yes. But, yeah, the Mikado is a great one. And uh, just any excuse to watch Millennium is good. Oh, yeah. I've only watched through it once, and I barely remember most of it, so I'm super down to I was just saying we should should do a handful of episodes and uh, cover that for an episode of Queer Horror Cult. Yeah, because there's definitely horror elements up in there. Absolutely. 100%. Absolutely. All right, but yeah, that's my recommendation. What have you got for us? I was going to recommend um, Unfriended the Dark Web, but then I remembered another movie that I think resonated with me a bit more that was also a very contemporary what it is to be online and looking at monetizing your online existence and also concerns around identity and privacy and stuff and that is 2018's absolute banger cam yeah movie we've both covered and you've recommended yes i know i've recommended it before i'm recommending it again because it's very good yeah this is the recommendation that if you haven't watched cam yet watch cam please watch cam i believe it's still on netflix well it's like I, i think netflix like, has the right yeah. the American rights or whatever. I think so. yeah. I thought so. yeah I thought it was like Netflix did the whole like yes because this is um, a Netflix movie because when I was at Final Girls Fest last year in Berlin mm, right. it was one of the entrants it was playing and I believe that was the premiere. Oh, okay, so I think it was like a North American Netflix thing. Got it. But uh, yeah, Cam is great. Yes, it's uh, you know I'll definitely back up your recommendation on that one. <laughs> well, thank you. Well, that's going to do it for this week. Uh, thanks for tuning in. As usual, you can get us on Twitter and Instagram. Facebook, you can try, but we honestly, like, I'm pretty close to just wiping the page kind of thing. Like, it's Yeah, I because check it's Facebook, like, once every like, couple of weeks. Yeah, like, I'll get the notification if anyone does anything, but we get, like, no... Yeah, not, really, not a lot of engagement. coming in on Facebook. And, and I don't that, blame you, Facebook sucks dog we're shit. Not, we're not putting anything out on True. Facebook, so, you know. Yeah. Uh, but Twitter and Insta are the places to get us. Um... There's also Twitter and Insta for Gutterflix at GutterflixPod. Uh, the Insta, I'm still trying to figure out because I don't know what I'm doing. You should probably just let me on. Yeah, okay, <laughs> I'll, I'll give you the login stuff. Okay. Um, but yeah, those are the podcasts that we're working on right now. And uh, if you need a little more content to help help you, if you're just like podcasts, they feel like they're very big right now, especially mm-hmm. because of what's going on. Human voices in my house talking to yeah, me? Yeah, it's nice, wow. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. 
But until next time, take it easy and keep it sleazy. Mm-hmm.